All right, welcome back to another episode of The Sportsman. That is Joey Coldcuts. I am the big ticket. We're back. We're tired, but we're back. Oh, Wednesday we're tired. After Wednesday, after Wednesday. We're, we're committed. We are pot committed to this thing, thanks to Mr. Anderson. Just Rain- out of the gate, um, I got to say, had this been prior to Mr. Anderson, there is no way no. in hell this pot is going up. Absolute no chance. Zero. So, Mr. Anderson is really the force that moves the sportsman because I I feel we have an obligation to ourselves, but more importantly to him, to get this content out. And that's what we're doing here. We're staying committed. The streak rolls on. We got the Iron Man streak coming out there. That's exactly right. Uh, Remember (laughs) to like, comment, subscribe, uh, follow the Instagram, fire questions in there, and we will read them at the end of the show. and, And we'll not only read them, we'll answer them. So, uh, Joey D, how's it going, man? We're in Jacksonville. How you holding up, man? Tired? Jacksonville, Florida. It's been a bit of a whirlwind. Uh, last couple days have been long, tedious, but my God, have they been cool. We are working with some of Callaway's best out here. And I got to tell you, Tick, right out of the gates, before we get into anything, the the opportunity that we have had to be able to, to play golf with guys like John Rahm, Xander Shoffley, Sam Burns, Adam Hadwin, um, Dylan Fratelli. I mean, it's Annika Sorenstam. It has been unreal. And you know what? I've never felt more part of the Callaway team as I do in this moment. In fact, bear with me. All right. What do we got going here? Oh, I feel like we got we to gotta really embrace this. We got to embrace the Callaway because it's it's been unreal. And I'll tell you. It's been really cool. Um, some of these guys are just unbelievable um, to work with and, and just to, to experience guys that like we go and watch at tournaments in the past and have no interaction with whatsoever, you know, calling to them as they're walking down the fairway. And now we're golfing with them. It's it's freaking awesome. So, yeah, I agree. There's like we, there's a lot of deals that we sign and stuff and I, I'm behind the scenes. So, it's you know, but we sign a lot of these deals and, and it's like they're just deals and sponsors. But like coming here to Jacksonville and doing all this stuff with the, all the Callaway players, like it does. It feels like we're part of the team, like or at least you guys are like. It, no, and, you're part of the team, too, Tick. Sure, sure. But it's like we finally it's more than just a brand deal or whatever. It's like we really feel like we're all united and, and, and behind this this thing. So it was really cool to see them kind of shut down this course for all the Callaway players and just rip content. I mean, it is just a content barrage, man. A factory. It's a factory. <laughs> and they hired like just these beautiful cameras and it's going to look so cool. So go check that out on Callaway's page and, and their YouTube channel as well as ours. That'll be coming out. Sometime in May, I think. Um, yeah. Boy, boy, oh boy, I look fat. I am fat. I am getting. No, you're fat. not. You're not fat. No. This, this is this. I this. think you know what that is. Take it. You know what that is. That's mm. a lack of sleep right there. That's some puffiness under under the eyes. If if that's anything, and trust me, you're talking to a guy who gets very little sleep on a regular basis. So I am well accustomed to what I'm you're. Puffball. I am. Yeah. A- yeah. You're like the human version of a puffer fish right now. Is what I you look, look like, like a marshmallow with a beard. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, to your point, it's been it's been a wild weekend or a couple days. It feel like it's been like two weeks we've been out here. Um, anytime you have to go cross country over to Florida, I mean to Florida, different time zone. We really haven't rested much. It's been go go go. Yeah. You know the boys are tired, but 
There's well, a lot of things we got to cover in today's episode. That's right. Um, and I had an, I there was something I really wanted to get to, but I actually just saw over the course of the last couple hours, I think. I want to start with Aaron Rodgers. I don't know if you've seen what's been going on in the last couple hours, but I kind of well, you go. How, what do you think of the whole situation? Well, I don't know what is what has happened the last couple hours. I know that he got received permission to talk to the Jets. And right. I know- and they're they're making that move like happen. Like they've got guys in the air right now going to California uh to meet with him. And it seems like the Jets would really have to fuck it up for this to kind of not go their way. Um, but it's kind of cool too because it's like it's your guy, but now he's transferring over to Bob's team. So I showed Bob immediately when when the news story broke. I showed Bob, and Bob really for the first time in a long time seemed excited. I mean, as a Jets fan, seemed excited. Listen, they have some pieces, man. They've got some good players. You know, I, I they their their offense is good. I mean, Garrett Wilson as a receiver, I think, is one of the top oh, tier. Exactly up-and-coming receivers in the league. Michael Carter is so good. And then what's the other guy who went down, the the running back who got hurt? Um, oh, yeah, the, the rookie. Um, Bryce, Brees Hall. Breesy, Breesy Hall or Bryce Hall. That guy is really fucking good. So, yeah, anyway. Yeah, I say Breesy. It's technically Bryce. I like to call him Breesy. But, okay. yeah, Bryce Hall, Michael Carter-Williams, um, and then Garrett Wilson, I mean, they got some pieces, no question. Um, and I think they just need a guy to go in there and really be able to man that ship. Aaron would be a great fit for them. Um, it would be a totally different wheelhouse for him. But by the way, I feel like in the AFC East, you know, aside from the Bills, who you'd have to contend with with Josh, they'd yeah. be one of the better teams. I, I mean, the Patriots have struggled lately. The Dolphins are a good team, but, I mean, they're just up and down like a yo-yo. Yeah. I, I think it would be great. And, by the way, would not be the first time a Hall of Fame Packers quarterback left to go play with the Jets. It's happened before. History tends to repeat itself. We might we might be seeing something. And, by the way, I'm, I'm excited about it because I do think, and I know I've trashed him in the past, and a lot of people have, you know, are going to quote me on this, but I do think right now is a time that we have to run it back and give Jordan Love an opportunity to prove himself. I still think the guy is trash, but I think he could be decent trash. And we just need to know what we're working with before. Like, honestly, if we don't give him a chance to show what he got. The fact that you're excited about this guy. I had to listen for years of you just disparaging this poor young man you absolutely destroyed this man and now you're excited i'm excited to move i'm excited to move on i think that here's where it it, it comes down to is as much as i love aaron Rodgers, that era is done we are not a super bowl contending team at this moment in time we are a team that could potentially squeak into the playoffs but we're not a team that's going to challenge for the Super Bowl. So why hang on to a guy who's got a huge salary cut, uh, cap hit in Aaron? You get something for him. You get that cap off. You free some space in. You have Jordan Love. You give him an opportunity. If he stinks, you go and, you you know, next year you start looking into the draft. But this guy is on a rookie contract still. And you're going to want to know if you're going to want to sign him or not. Like, they committed a first-round pick for this guy. So at the very least – you got to let him showcase what he can do. 
Whether or not I think he's got the sauce doesn't change the, the, the fact is that he does need to get an opportunity to prove himself. And he really hasn't had that yet because Aaron has been here. So I just think that Aaron moving on to a different team gives us an opportunity to trend towards the future and see where that lies, whether it's with Jordan Love or without him. But we got to at least give that chance to the young man. I agree. I mean, and, and, you know, going back to the Jets, that would be very exciting. I think that team, like you mentioned, would be easily a contender. I think they would have some awesome games with the uh, with the Bills. And I think as long as Aaron can at least stay exactly where he's been the last year and he doesn't continue to get the, you know, go downhill, I think the Jets could really have something on their hands. I mean, a great defense, too. Great defense. Their defense kept them in a bunch of games. And I like Salah as a coach. I think he's got the right I, I, the mentality. He's got the guys playing hard there, but they do need a quarterback. You cannot be going in with Joe Flacco. You cannot be going in with Mike White. And you definitely cannot be going in with Mr. Wilson. I tell you, that is absolutely not the play. So you bring in a guy who's got some savvy veteran, you know, pizzazz to him like Aaron What's wrong with Zach Wilson, by the way? What, I mean, what, dude, what's wrong? I don't, the guy, the guy was banging people's moms. I mean, it's it's Pretty just ball. not a good scene. He came right out of the gates in the wrong fashion. Uh, listen, it's hard to play in the NFL. The NFL is not an easy place to play, and I think a lot of the time when you're a highly touted young rookie quarterback, you know, who's thrust into a starting role right out of the gates. It's very rare that you see success right out of the gate. Even look at a guy like Justin Fields, who I think is a hell of a lot better than than Zach Wilson. He struggled mightily the first year with the Bears. They were not a team that he was able to kind of utilize his strengths, which is him running and his mobility. And now one year later, he's kind of just gone back to his bread and butter, and it's really opened up a whole new world for that offense. And he looks really good. But I think it's really tough right out of the gates to be thrust, yeah. especially with a tough team in a tough environment. I, I think Wilson could pan out eventually to being a, a decent quarterback in the NFL, but he's not been set up for success by any means right out of the gate. And then on the other end here of the quarterback drama, uh, the Ravens just used the non-exclusive franchise tag on Lamar Jackson, which to me just seems just moronic. I don't – You what, what do you think about that, Joe? I have I have two trains of thought. I think there's two things to this. I think the first thing that needs to be discussed is the fact that Lamar Jackson, being the superstar that he is, does not have representation in the form of an agent is absolutely absurd. And no offense to his mama or to him, but they ain't getting the job done, Tick. This is a man who should have been signed a year ago. And whatever the hell they're doing, I mean – it's just, it's absurd to me, like, uh, to, to think that this guy is not having, like, legal representation or an agent of some sort manning his contract details and doing the dirty work of negotiating for a contract for him. He is a, an elite player, as elite as they come. He's got all the talent in the world. He literally transforms that offense. When you were watching that team operate without him for the last several weeks. It was a nightmare to watch as a Mark Andrews fantasy owner. It was disastrous having to watch him get the ball thrown to him. Like it's, it's, he just, he was non-existent. 
Lamar Jackson literally transforms that offense to a point where they look like a different team completely. So that the first thing I can't understand is why does he not have proper representation? The second thing is what are the the Baltimore Ravens thinking? Like, come <laughs> on. Derek Carr just signed a deal for $150 million. $150 million for four years. Pay the man the money. He's worth it. The guy is good. He is a proven winner. He has a great attitude. He goes out there and he balls week in, week out. And I don't understand what more mind boggling that a guy like Daniel Jones just got signed today by the Giants or yes, whatever it was. And Lamar Jackson is getting franchise tag. I mean, I guess it's business. Every everyone's different, but that just makes no fucking sense. And then the Giants went ahead and franchise tag Saquon. This guy who's been your bread and butter. I mean, albeit a lot of injuries. But he's been your bread and butter of your offense through bet through you know good days and bad for the last four years. And Daniel Jones has been nothing but a liability. He shows up every once in a while and he played just good enough to get a new contract where he's gonna be making 40 or 50 million dollars almost a year. Daniel Daniel Jones. Daniel I said I said it on Jones. this. I said on the brilliantly dumb show. I said I don't understand why it's the only position in sports aside from major league baseball pitchers where they are just so overly paid. It's outrageous. It's ridiculous. It's preposterous. There is no reason a guy like Geno Smith should be making $105 million for three years when he had three quarters of a good season with the Seattle Seahawks. You don't see that in any other position. You saw guys last year like Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley ball out week in, week out, and they can't get a contract and they're getting franchise tagged. You got a guy like Derrick Henry, who is literally the offense in Tennessee being potentially shipped and traded. It's like running backs are just not given the respect, man. It's a quarterback-driven league. I get that. But at the end of the day, that position is so overly paid for. It's 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 mind-boggling, and it's not fair to the rest of these guys, to be honest. Staquan should be getting paid. He's a friend of the pod. He's a great guy. He he has busted his ass to overcome injuries and to overcome a lot of adversity to literally be that offense. I mean, you look at receivers wise. I mean, I'm sorry. It's, it's, it's a dime a dozen on the receiving core. Saquon is the lifeblood that runs through that offense and he should be paid. And yeah, it's unfortunate. The fact that Lamar Jackson is not paid to me is. So I guess the way with Lamar Jackson it works is another team can make him an offer and then the Ravens can beat that offer. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's a mess, man. I'm 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 excited to see, you know, where Aaron goes and where some of these other quarterbacks land, but just all that it's just I imagine don't know people are thinking paying Lamar would, Jackson you know, on a team exactly like the, the New Orleans guy, Saints. What's this? Could you imagine Lamar Jackson on a team like the New Orleans Saints? Yeah. That'd be awesome. I mean, that would be a team that automatically would then start to compete. Not only, I mean, they would probably be the favorites to win the NFC South, no, no question. But they would be, a, they would be an upper echelon team in the entire NFC. Like Lamar Jackson, literally transforms an entire team. He changes. Would you like to see him in a Packer uniform? No, no, 
No. Really? The Packers are not. We have got to accept where we are. We we are going to be a bottom feeder for a while now. Wow. So what, like three, four years? You think you guys are just going to be mid-level? I think the next two to three years are going to be tough to be a Packers fan. We're going to be 500 to sub-500 um, as an organization, and I've accepted that fact, which is why I was I went on that absolute rant, not even just last year, but two years ago when we lost to San Francisco, because yeah. we have been a Super Bowl contending team for about four to five years at least, and this fucking organization failed to take advantage of that opportunity and bring anybody in, and we end up empty-handed. So now it's like it's uh, the chips are on the wall. It's like we're not we're not there yet. So I would like to see them in the Packers, but. I do think, imagine Lamar Jackson with the Detroit Lions. That would be sexy. Dude, that, that would be, be fucking awesome. They, imagine, they, I would pick them to win the Super Bowl. I would, I would well, that's a little tick. Let's relax. They're a good team. They're a really imagine good Motor City Dan, if he had, instead of Jared Goff, he had Lamar Jackson. And you got a guy like, Amon Ross St. Brown, and you got a guy like I mean, awesome team, man. They're like Jared Goff is like a governor, and you know what that is like on an engine, like what a governor does. If you it's like if you have a Ferrari engine and you put a governor on it, it means the thing can, it's capable of going 250, but the governor makes sure it doesn't go above 180. That is what the Detroit Lions are with Jared Goff. They are a Ferrari Ferrari engine, and Jared Goff is the governor. On he that was, I will say to his credit, okay, he, he played the role very well. And to go from, you know, the Rams being a potential Super Bowl team to like the Lions, he accepted with grace. And I thought he, you're always going to be limited. Hard. You're always going to be limited. Even when Jared Goff plays his best, you're always going to be limited I agree. to the capabilities of, of, let's say, like what an Aaron Rodgers can bring to a team or Lamar Jackson. You're always going to be limited. And when you do have great talent around you, I mean, they got rid of Hawkinson, but they, like you said, Amon St. Ra, they have, they have a lot of great players that just aren't going to be able to see their full potential with Jared Goff as their quarterback. So I'm going to give you one more. I'm going to give you one more. Destination. This, this would be devastating for me because I'm, I'm not a fan of this team at all, but I can't see a way that if this team got Lamar Jackson, that they would not win the Super Bowl. The Vikings. Nope. Wow. Wow. The Vikings are up there. The oh. San Francisco 49ers with Lamar Jackson yeah. are your 2023 Super Bowl <laughs> champions. Yeah, I like um I like I don't know if they could afford them. I don't know if they have the cap space, but my God, you give that team with those weapons. Yeah, be tight. Really it would not be tight. It would suck because I would not be a fan of watching it, but it, it would be would fun be... to watch. It just wouldn't be. Yeah. Well, I mean, anyway, time will tell everything, but it's very interesting to kind of watch and see where all the pieces uh, land here and as free agency and all that kind of continues to unfold and see where these quarterbacks go. But yeah. If you had to pick one spot where he ends up, where are you taking? Lamar? Oh, I think he's aside, gonna... aside from the Ravens. Aside from the Ravens, yeah, I think he's going to stay there. Uh, realistically, I think he could end up on a team like um, <clears throat> like Tennessee or um, maybe uh, Tampa. I think he could end up on Tampa too. I mean, it's fun and exciting to think about like the 49ers. I just don't think one they can afford him. Um, 
And what's the other team that we're just talking about? The Lions. I mean, they're spending a lot of money too. I don't think that they I think I to... think he could end up on Tennessee. a team like the like the Colts. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he could end up anywhere as a, that he gets the right deal. But again, I, I really think he's just sticking in. He's fucked. He's in a bad situation. He's going to be stuck in Baltimore, <laughs> I think, for, for a while. Uh-huh. Um, but moving on here, um, I have become obsessed with something, and you know a little bit about it. But let me just get into it. It won't be a long segment, but I, it's basically a pitch. I have been watching the... F1 Drive to Survive uh, documentary that's on Netflix. It's one of the most amazing documentaries I've ever seen. Like just the filmmakers, what, what they've done with it, the stories they tell, the um, the drama that the and the narratives that they, it's just beautiful show. Um, it's hard not to watch that show and become addicted to this sport. But I used to follow it anyway back in the day and I had sort of fallen out of it, but this documentary has gotten me back into it. So all that said, Joseph, I challenge you to watch episode season one, episode one of that show. Give me 35 minutes of your time. And if you don't like it, I'll, I'll accept the defeat. I'll eat it and I'll say, I guess it's just not for him. But I challenge you not to be enthralled by that sport. If you just watch that first episode. What do you What's think? the show called again? What's the name of it? Uh, it's called F1 Drive to Survive. Is it on Lewis Hamilton or who is it regarding? It's on the whole F1. So F1 is basically 10 teams, 20 cars, and they are the um, highest performing, fastest cars in the world. I mean, it is the upper echelon. It's the top. If you want to be a driver, it's it's above everything else. It's the highest performance car you could possibly drive. And um and and you have every team has two two drivers and those teammates end up butting heads and um and it's like those guys end up being their biggest rivals is their own teammate and it's just like it's one of the only places you, that you still like it's about who can build the best car and who can drive the wheels off that thing and it's not just going left it's all these off road courses and they're going right it's just an amazing sport I I can't talk about it in a way that's going to bring you in. But if if you give me thirty five minutes of your time to watch that documentary, I challenge you not to become an F one. Will you be attending a Formula One race this year? Yeah. So the first time ever, they're going to, <laughs> they're going to Vegas and they're shutting down the Las Vegas Strip. They're going to be driving right by the Bellagio Caesars. It's going to be sick. And uh, I want you to come, Joseph. I want you to come. I'm going. When is this? But um, it's November. It's like November sixteenth. You got plenty of time. But it's usually in Austin, but this year they're doing Vegas, man. They're driving right down the strip. It's going to be sick. Imagine being being in the pool and just looking out and watching the cars fly by. Oh, it's going to be amazing, man. And even if you don't like F1, you can still – you love Vegas. Just come to Vegas that weekend. It'll be yeah, a blast. we'll be able to walk down the strip to go to the casino because the cars will be whizzing by. <laughs> well, no, like there's like – so they're going to build a wall, but like you can still walk. Um, oh, you can still walk on the sidewalk down the street, like if you want to go like to a different casino. Or you'd be walking down to Bellagio in a fucking car if a Ferrari's going by at a hundred miles an hour. This is gonna be sick though. How tight is that? But anyway, do you, will you give me one episode of that show? Will you do that? Yeah, I'll I'll watch it before next week's episode. Okay. Oh, I love that. I love that. I love and then we can cover it and I can talk about it. Listen, I, I'm no stranger to Formula One. I I I I have friends who follow it, and and I, 
you know, they have a big race every year in Montreal, which apparently is unbelievable. Um, I've heard about it. It's just, I, I, I don't follow it. I don't, I don't, it's not something that I regularly watch. So for me, it's like, it's hard to, to, to commit to, but I will say this. I would be willing to follow formula one. If you're trying to get me on NASCAR, I'd say you're barking up a wrong yeah, fucking tree. Yeah. Cause that to me is the most outrageous, most preposterous, <laughs> ridiculous, mind numbing thing to watch is cars go in a circle 55 to a hundred times. At least with the formula one, there's a track, there's there's turns there's it's 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 a and whole it's way track. shorter the I, race is typically like an hour and a half maybe two hours nascar is like half your fucking day man it's it's 500 laps it is my nascar is my living embodiment of hell it is just everything that i could ever hate just wrapped into one outrageously brutal fucking event i used to like nascar a little bit i mean well actually a lot i loved it when i was a kid but what they what made that sport so boring is that they made all the cars very similar so it's like everyone's driving almost the same car and it's just like and then like you said they're just going around in a circle 500 times and it's just it's just not very interesting there was a time wh where it was but it's, it's just they absolutely fucking killed that sport um but f1's like the exact opposite it's the antithesis of that so Challenge everyone to go watch that and and uh, and not become a fan. But anyway, that's my that's my spiel, and we can move on. But next week, I want to see you watch. Yeah, one yeah, I, I told you I would. You. I told you I would. I'm a man of my word. Beautiful, beautiful. Okay, moving on here. Um, did you see Travis Kelsey on SNL? I didn't. I I. But I'm sure he was fantastic. He was not really. Really. I, I well, I shouldn't say that. He was his monologue was good, but he the sketches just kind of stunk. There was one sketch though that was, or I guess it was a digital short. It was so funny where he's like, uh, he was like a motivational speaker guy, like like he's like teaching guys who have low confidence, like you're worth it, you're worth it. Now you I'm gonna, now you, reach, you you try and hit me. I'm the embodiment of you keeping yourself down. And then he Travis Kelsey just fucking wails on these people who are trying to get better and it's anyway it's a hilarious sketch but overall the big man the big man's a football player he ain't no yeah i mean it's hard to thrust yourself into a role like that you know there's not many guys who could do it now michael strahan michael strahan did it right so there's 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 possibilities but it's just it's it's so it's such a drastic change of pace for these guys. And yeah. it's not only like, it's not only about them. Like they have to be interviewing people. They have to be entertaining. They have to be, there's a lot of elements to it. It's not an easy gig. Now, you know, somebody who I do think could be great on Saturday night live. It's our dear friend, Bobby boy. You think Bob would be good on Saturday night live? I think he'd be fantastic. <laughs> I really do. I, I really do. Yeah, he probably but, would. But I think that's in his wheelhouse. I think a lot of these guys, it's not like it's like you could be good at getting interviewed and you could be a terrible interviewer. You know what I mean? Like it's Kelsey is larger than life because he's got a great personality and he's fun and exciting and like says and does shit that makes people want to watch. But that doesn't mean that he's got the sauce to be interviewing and like doing that whole gig. That is, that is really tough. 
Yeah, I mean, I would. Yeah, I think Bob would be. I, that'd be interesting. Bob I bet, would be I bet one day he ends up on that. Like not as a cast member. I bet one day, twenty years, whatever it is. I bet Bob running the Late Show. I'll tell you what, Bob does sports would suffer immensely if Bob is on the Late Show. I need a new job. <laughs> and then yeah, Perez is like the this sidekick. Like you know how every every like uh, Conan has like Andy Richter. Like they all have a little, little sidekick. Perez is just the sidekick drinking beers. He's like he's like Jimmy Kimmel's. Uh, what's the Mexican yeah, guy? Guillermo. <laughs> <laughs> Perez is the Guillermo to Bob. <laughs> <laughs> could you imagine? Could you imagine how good That'd that would be? Fantastic. Oh, um, be unbelievable. Yeah, so he was okay. Um, all right. And then I think the last thing I, I really want to get into, unless there's something that you have before we get into our fan questions. Well, Marsh Madness. Okay. What do you what do you think? Are there some teams out there you like? Is there... so here's the thing is that I went on a hiatus, you know, where I have not really wagered anything or done anything, and it's kind of killed my my overall knowledge and awareness of like the 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 march madness bracket and these college basketball teams so i tried to get back into it this week and i went on a heater on saturday and i i hit all my college picks and then tried to replicate on sunday and got body bagged i got absolutely body bagged by the nba by the nhl by everything else but now did you make those picks or did you have a guy who who you know it was a combination of both. Okay. I like when you make your, your picks. I, I want to see you. Yeah, I think we need to start doing picks. it. Even if it's even if it's just for here, we need to start taking some picks for March Madness. Um, I am not prepared at this episode yet to say who I think is going to win because, I again, I need to delve back into it. I'd like to revisit this topic in more detail, like on next week's episode or in the next couple weeks prior to the tournament starting, like full force. So we yeah. could actually really like give our picks. Um, yeah. And I'd like to have the jet on too. I mean, this guy. Yeah. Really... But I will say I'm getting excited. Like last year at this time, I was a wreck. I was absolutely from start of the day. There were days where like eight o'clock in the morning, I was getting up and I was getting ready to watch the first game at like eight thirty, nine o'clock in the morning. And I was watching college basketball games till like five, six o'clock at night. And I was just, there were wagers being placed. There were things, you know, things being ripped. There was papers all over skewed up upon my living room table with, odds and bets and i look like you ever watched the beautiful mind i was just gonna say yeah it looked like it looked like something like that i was just writing all over the place teams (laughs) and parlays and picks and and i my god i I will say that it is one of my favorite things in the last couple of years i have loved college basketball so much it is so exciting to watch that it's like it literally most games come down to the last shot. It's so competitive. It's it's there's rare. It's rare that a team holds a lead from start to finish in college basketball. It just it doesn't is happen. Amazing that that happens every year, man. The last like it just comes down to the last shot, and these guys who you never expect to step up, step up big, and 
it's just uh it's an exciting time of year. We need to bring really. Jed on because apparently last year he went on a heater during college basketball. Yeah. And he was riding St. Peter's before right. they went on their illustrious win. So he had them before they beat Kentucky. He had them that game. He had them before I think they beat another big team. And he was riding on them. And him and Bob were cashing like crazy. And he told me yesterday at the golf course yeah. that he has – this year's version of St. Peter's that he has found his new St. Peter's of this year, which could be a crock of shit. But I do think for, for all intents and purposes, we have got to get him on the podcast to share this information. I yeah, mean, he, he told me the team, but I'm not going to say it. I want, no, him to we come can't see I want him to come on the show next week and break down uh, March madness and maybe, maybe reveal his new St. Peter's, but we'll have maybe it's true. Maybe this is the team to, to wager on and listen it pays to be a member of the sportsman and all these times of just like tuning in and putting in your hard work maybe we can finally <laughs> pay you back with some handsome you know plus money money line bets where you could really get a nice reward on your winnings or they could bow out the first game of the season and our first game of the playoff tournament and you know i agree I'll, 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 um i think next week with or without the jet hopefully with i, I feel very confident that i can get them on but with or without him, next week is our is our big March Madness Have show. To bring him we, on. we really make a lot of picks and dive into that bracket. I think that's for sure. But this week, let's still make some picks, Joey D. It might not be on March Madness, but let's get in TPC Sawgrass. Let's okay. get into the players. Who are a couple guys you like? Give me some names. Um, I think first and foremost, um, you need to go. With you need you need to run it back and you need to go with the guy who won last year, which is Rory McElroy. I think I think you put him back in a position where he can, you know, do some damage. I like a top 10 finish for Rory this year okay. on the players. And I think honestly he okay. could be contending to win it. I also really like, I mean, listen, we said last time you can't go wrong with picking John Rom because he's just been so good. Same thing with Max Homa. But a guy who's kind of gone swept under the rug and has still like as good as ever is Scotty Scheffler. I think Scotty Scheffler is a guy who people just he was the number one golfer in the world last year, was absolutely dominating from start to finish. And it seems like he's kind of been swept under the rug. He's won a tournament already. He won the waste management. He's still dialed in. I think. You're going to get good odds with him. I I don't mind a pick on Scotty to win it all. I really don't. I have two picks for you, folks. I have two that I feel extremely good about. One is what Joseph just said. I, I think Scotty Scheffler is going to either win or he's going to have a top five finish. He's He's been hovering but uh, in a lot of these tournaments this year, but he hasn't been winning. He's going to win this week. Or, you ready for this? Yes. Xander Shoffley. I, think I was going to say is going to have a little bit of that Bob does sports effect. We played with him yesterday and I, and he was in a great mood. He was cutting it up. He was hilarious. He was having a lot of fun. He's bringing good vibes into this players, man. I like Xander a, a lot. I like him. We played really only a couple holes up. with him. So it's hard to say, but he did seem, I mean, he was throwing darts out there, dude. He seemed really – I mean, it's kind of crazy that we're playing with these guys. He seemed, like, very much just ready to make a push. I, I feel 
exactly the what you were picking up. I was also picking up right off the bat. I think Xander is a great bet to place this week. He looked good. He looked confident. He was vibing. He was trash talking. He was in good form. Um, upbeat. I, I yeah. I think I think you you give me give me him in the mix. And again, John Rom, another guy to put in. Dude, he was talking about he hit a bot, he hit a putt for birdie against us. And he goes, Well, couldn't make anything last week. It's good to see something drop yes. now. He is so competitive that I think, like, I think if you honestly take those three guys, and again, people say we might bet chalk. There's no such thing as chalk in the PGA tour. Every, that's why to pick an outright kind of winner, chalk, yeah. To pick an outright winner, it even if you're picking Rom. I mean, it's it's paying out pretty damn good. But, yeah, I think you go with Scotty Scheffler, Xander Shoffley, throw in Rom, and 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 just have a day and, and hopefully, you know, some things manifest and, and, and play themselves out. Yeah, there's definitely chalk and golf, but it's not the same kind of – it's not the same chalk as basketball. Or, or, yeah. Or just, it's just a little different, but there's definitely – there's definitely chalk. And, so, yeah, and, so your two picks are – your two picks are Scheffler and Shoffley? Correct, Yes. All right, I I will go. I'll go. Who? Uh, let's go two picks and then a third. Okay, uh, right. you're two Scheffler and Shoffley. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with Scheffler and Rory, and my third pick will be um, Shoffley as well. Okay, my third pick will be Jordan Spieth. Okay, I but guess it's, it's always is- like yeah, it's always like. Rom too though, like that's just like I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying for if you're listening, I'm saying if you're listening to this podcast and you're looking and you're not a big golf aficionado, you just can't go wrong right now with throwing some a little that's sprinkle so on Rom right. because yeah. he's been so good that it's like incredible. You got to throw him in the mix. But I, that being said, I just don't want to go on here in every single tournament and say Rom, right. Rom, Rom, Rom. Like it's like it's like oh yeah, the guy's just picking the best player in the world. Uh, so yeah, yeah, let's go. I'm gonna go Rory. Xander and Scheffler. You have Xander, Scheffler, and Spieth. Wow. I really hope Xander and Chef and Scheffler really come out yeah, and haul out. I know, I know. And it's, we did really um, well in our last golf tournament that we picked at Riviera, by the way. Yeah, I know. I'll be rooting for for Max and Keegan and Bo. Um is Bo there? Is Bo Bo's there, right? Yeah, Bo's here. Yeah. Keegan um, is here. So we'll we'll be rooting for those guys, but and there's also something else I want to get into, but we'll get into it next week. Um, so put it back on the rundown here, uh, Mr. Anderson. The TGL Golf League that uh, Tiger and Roy are doing, I really want to get into that. That's really interesting. But we're a little tight on time here. We got stuff to do, and we're a little tired. Let's jump into uh, viewer questions this week. Um, again, like, comment, subscribe on the YouTube, on the uh, Instagram, and Fire your questions in, and Mr. Anderson will have them up here, and we'll answer them. Whatever you got. It does not have to be about sports. It can be about absolutely fucking anything, um, including what uh, our first guy here is, Joey DeVries, a fellow Joey D. He said, what's up, gentlemen? First off, big fan of the pod, and uh, love watching it grow. I got a question for Joey D from a Joey D. What is your top three restaurant recommendations in Vancouver? Traveling there for work soon and need to hit somewhere fire. Wow, that's tough, man. There's so many good spots. And here's the thing is that I really haven't spent a ton of time in Vancouver the last little while. So, like, there's tons of new spots springing up. But I'll give – um, here's what I'll do. I'll give, like, a high-end spot 
I'll give like a mid mid tier, like good spot to go and have a beer and like some food and wings and stuff. And then I'll give like a lower end spot that's just a traditional Canadian spot you have to hit up. So I like that. I like that. Yeah, I'm gonna give you three tiers. So like price points, whatever you have an option to do a few of each. So the first that I'm gonna tell you to do is if you just want like a casual, inexpensive meal, a staple and a Canadian icon iconic place to go to for me is white spot it is like the burger joint that i always go to when i go home in canada it's super unreal um they have great burgers they're known for their burgers and it's not expensive so it's like a place where you could go literally have a meal for like 30 bucks or less like less and still enjoy yourself white spot all right second spot i'm gonna give um and you got to go, There's there. it's a chain, but it's really good. And the one that I would recommend too is in Coal Harbor, right downtown. It's a gorgeous location, kind of like a trendy, hip spot, good place to go. Um, it's, it's called Cactus Club Cafe. So Cactus Club, it's 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 blown up. It's a huge spot in Vancouver. It's, it's, it's awesome. Um, it's a place that I would go to if you want to have some drinks, you want to have some appetite appetizers or have a pretty good meal the ambiance the setting is second to none great spot cactus club and then if you want to go to like a high-end restaurant like if you want to throw down some cheddar and actually like spend some money and have an experience um Chipinos. it's a high-end italian restaurant in yale town these guys do they they're fucking unreal wine list is like one of those things that looks like a lord of the rings like book <laughs> Like it's a tablet just with fucking pages after pages. But yeah, Chipinos, Cactus Club, White Spot, three different tiers. You can't go wrong. I mean, and you can just... never go wrong with a little Timmy Hose either. If you really Tim Hortons as well, it's an absolute staple. Yeah. By the way, we played with uh, Adam Hadwin yesterday. And the first question I asked him is, Are you a Tim Hortons guy? And I kind of I was devastated because he said no. He said he doesn't really. What? He doesn't drink coffee. And then I was like, do you drink tea? He's like, no, not really. So it really kind of threw me for a loop because I – Their sandwiches is what's – Oh. That sauce they have too. Like I don't know what the fuck that – Their sandwiches are fucking – Like their breakfast sandwiches are fucking to die for. The breakfast sandwich is second to none. It really really is. And they do bagels. They have – by the way, for dinner, they have great chili. They have sandwiches that are really good. They do these chicken wraps that are awesome. And my favorite thing on the menu is an ice cap that they do, an ice cappuccino. It's fucking unbelievable. So, yeah, Timmy Ho's. And then you know what? You go to any spot in downtown Chinatown, any little rinky-dink Chinese restaurant, and yeah. you are in for a treat, my friend, because Chinese food is second to none. So you got a lot of options there. A lot I think of options I there. Of options. Joey D, another Joey D there. So uh, hit up one of those spots, man, or or don't. I don't care. And let um, us know what you think about it. You know, hit us yeah. up. Tell me. Yeah, let us know for real. Uh, Joey D, thanks for the question, buddy. Um, next one, and then we'll get out of here. It says Gringo Golf. Can't imagine that's his, uh, his real name, but. Gringo Golf writes, hey, guys, what are your top two players in the NBA that you cannot stand? Thanks, fellas. I have one obvious one. I've been on this guy's ass uh, since he was drafted, basically. But Can we say that three? Yeah. One, two, three. Ben Ben Simmons. Simmons. Of course. Of course. Fuck that guy. (laughs) 
that guy is scum of the earth, bottom of the barrel kind of stuff, especially when it comes to his character. Um, but I'll have to think about another guy. Do you have anyone that comes to mind? Right I have now? a couple right out of the gates. Yeah, you've got a lot of gripes. Yeah, give me, get, hit me with one of them. Uh, one of them, and I, he's the kind of guy that you love to have on your team. But if he's not on your team, he's just the biggest bitch. He whines. He complains after oh, every call. I think. I think I know. I think I know who this is. You want to do it on three? Yeah. Um. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Ready? Yep. One, two, three. Draymond Green. Oh, I thought you were going to go Pat Pat Bev. Okay, Draymond. That's a good one, too, though. I agree. Draymond Green, to me, is the kind of guy that, like, if you have him on your team, you just love him. He's a hardworking, like, puts his, puts his you know, is everything into every game. But I just, I can't stand. It's mm -hmm. like, at some point, you have to realize that bitching about the call is not going to change the call. So just shut the fuck up, pardon my French, and just take your foul and walk to the side and watch the young man shoot his free throws, and hopefully he misses one. But that's, it's just like, it's, this guy doesn't get it, man. He gets more technical fouls throughout the year for complaining and yelling at the refs than anyone else. And it's just like, I don't need to watch every time a foul is called. The guy, he, and he's so like, He's so like eccentric about it. Like he's yeah. jumping up, he's throwing his hands, he's telling Coach Kerr to like review the play. And it's like, bro, you hacked the living shit out of that guy's hand. Shut up and take your foul. So he's one of them. And another one. <laughs> I, I tell like you what, I can go off that. a little bit. Another one, and this guy is a bona fide superstar. He is legitimately a very very talented individual and young man, but just someone who just cannot get a clue. Just a guy who is just continuously on the wrong end of the media, on the wrong end of conspiracy theories and all this shit. And he's just an absolute clown is Kyrie friggin' Irving. And I, it sucks because he's so good. And he's like, I love the Uncle Drew bit. I loved all that stuff. And then it's like he won a championship with LeBron. And from that point onwards, he just turned into the biggest bitch ever. And it's like, it's hard to root for him. But he's so good. And I like Luka Doncic so, so much that I'd like to see, you know, the Suns succeed. but Or not the Suns, the Mavs succeed. But it's... He he's he's a tough guy to like. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't follow the NBA like I used to, so I don't even know. I'll tell you, there's some guys who don't play anymore who I used to really fucking hate, and that was um, Joe Kim Noah. Couldn't stand that motherfucker. He was, he was, he was, <laughs> he's like he's one of those guys like you love having him on your team, a lot of heart, plays hard. But man, did I just fucking hate watching his face just go up and down the court. And then another guy who back in the day too, the truth. Paul Pierce. Fuck Paul Pierce. Fuck everything. Really? About Paul Pierce. Um, yeah, just don't don't like him. He fucking used to stab the Sixers in the back. It just every year was just we could not get by this motherfucker. Um and, but did you not like him just because he would beat you, or did you not like him because he was a cocky motherfucker and he was always taunting us too in Philly? He'd come in and he would just like kind of make fun of us and he would taunt the crowd. And it was just I didn't like that. I don't like I didn't I didn't like it then. I don't like it now. Um, but yeah, I'll, I mean I'll give you one more. Rattle off as many as you can, my man. 
and this might be a this might be a cold take. I don't know, but again, arguably one of the best NBA players of this decade, arguably top Hall of Famer without a question. But for the love of God, can Kevin Durant? Me too. I hate him. Can he not join a super team? Can this guy show that maybe he can lead a team by himself? At what point do we not? I mean, he's now with the Phoenix Suns with Devin Booker. All right. With Chris Paul, with one of the better centers in the league with DeAndre Aiden. I mean, dude, this team is stacked. And and it's like, that starting five is like, what are we talking about? It's like, since he, I used to like him when he was with the Sonics and he was a young rookie and he was like, yeah. and then he went to Oklahoma and I still liked him. By the way, well, team moved. Yeah. No, he didn't choose that team or choose to be on a super team, but he played with Russell Westbrook in his prime and James Harden. Like, I mean, this guy has been the beneficiary of playing on the most stacked teams of all time. The Warriors team that this guy played with was unbelievable. And he lost one year and faced a little bit of adversity and had to flee town. And just, it's like, dude, this guy is, he's a bitch. I'm sorry, man. He is. He's a bitch. He, oh well, yeah. I don't. I said that was pretty rough, but I don't need Kevin Durant. Hey, no one. He's not going to listen to this show. He's a bitch. Kevin Durant is. If a, we ever become big enough that I'm chopping it up with Durant, I will fucking own it. But something. you know what? I don't see that happening anytime soon. It's the bottom line is that sometimes it's like these NBA players. The better they get, the more egotistical they get, and the bigger, like, just divas they become, and it just it's so not enjoyable which is why i love watching guys who just put out effort night in night out they they fill the stat sheets and they do their thing nikola jokic is a guy that i can get behind he might not be the sexiest guy to watch but my god the guy he puts his head down he plays hard and he gets his fucking team a dub almost most nights you know and it's like Giannis antetokounmpo another superstar but he's just a likable dude. Like you don't have to be a piece be of work. Like yeah. I don't understand it. Well, another guy too, and let's quickly touch the base, and then we'll end the show. Is did you see what happened with John Morant this week? Oh, and I love John Morant, man. That was that's rough. That's that's a bad. This is the problem: is that these guys become so encapsulated within their little like within their their realm of success and fandom and fame that they lose touch with reality sometimes sure and do. it's sure do it's sad to see because John Morant's a guy who fucking he balls out and he gives everything he has but then to go on an Instagram live and have a gun in your like what are you doing at a club yeah and it's uh and one other guy too obviously uh, biggest player in the world, best of all time, one of the best of all time, LeBron James. LeBron. I, I can't stand LeBron, man. I think he's, he's gotten more annoying as he's fake. gotten older. He's a fake liar, is what he is. He lies I, and he's fake. I loved LeBron when they won the championship. I thought he was the best, and it seems like with the, with the Lakers or with with Cleveland, with 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 Cleveland. 
Ah, yeah, yeah. I ain't counting that win in the bubble with all that shit. That was that was putrid. But I'm talking about like when the Cleveland Cavaliers came back from down three, three one, and beat arguably one of the best teams we've seen in the last twenty five years yeah. or since the Bulls. Yeah, since the Bulls had their run, that to me was unbelievable. And LeBron just he wore that. Dude, when they were in the bubble. And all that, um, you know, like Black Lives Matter stuff was going on. He would like stand in he, like the press conference at the end, like they'd come into the locker room and like interview guys. He every single day he was on the first page of this Malk, um, MLK book or um, the other guy, the other one, not MLK. Who's the, Malcolm uh, X? Malcolm X. He was on page one every single You've day. You've said this before, but I've never seen book. it. He's on page one every single day, and he was carrying it around like he's this enlightened guy. It was like, are bro, you saying that he didn't read the book? But just he didn't read the, the book, page? Joseph. He didn't read the book. It looked brand. I mean, maybe he has now. I'm not going to say he has. Back then, every single day. I mean, it was March, and then it was April, and it was like this guy's still on page one of the same book. He I've done that. To be fair, I've I've started a book and been on like chapter one. For like two months at a time. Yeah, but and then I'm you like, don't, you don't act like you, and I'm like, I'll read a couple pages. You don't, don't act like you're like uh, uh you know, like an expert on whatever the Oh no, book. no, no, no. Yeah, he was like weighing in on these heavy topics and holding this book like he was the anyway. I I can't stand I respect him. I respect the hell out of him. I just don't like him. You know, I think he's a liar and I think he's fake. I think he's a fake. By liar. the way, we need to start talking more NBA because it's getting juicy now. The season is amping up, and and the Sixers look great. They look good. They look real good. (laughs) Little French toast for Vignon. We got to bring him on next week. But I I I listen. We'll get him. Good on us. We got another episode in. We we really we really crushed through this. We grinded hard to get this one out. And you know what? Iron Man streak continues. That's right. We're on 10 now, and uh, it's a good feeling. Maybe this wasn't our you know, best episode of all time, but we did it. We woke up and we did the work, okay? We woke up and we did the work. But anyway, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for the questions for the guys who, who did that. Uh, like, comment, subscribe on the YouTube, on the Instagram. Fire the questions in. We love hearing from you. It's turned into my favorite part of the show. It, and again, about anything. It doesn't have to be sports. Just fucking anything. Um, we want to hear from you. But uh, that's going to do it for this week's Sportsman. That is Joey D over there. I am the big ticket, and we will see you next week, folks.